This is Ben Thomas, head coach of the Cheshire Phoenix. This is Brett Berman, GM of the London Lions. I'm BBL commentator Daniel Rapp. This is Josh Steele, the coolest two-guard on the planet for the Manchester Giants. This is Coach Sean Kilmartin, head coach, USA Select Basketball. You're listening to two of the baddest broadcasters in basketball, Drew and Jay and the BBL Show. My name is Tahi Hadja and you're locked in to the BBL Show. You're tuned in to the BBL, BBL Show. BBL Show. The BBL Show. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 14 of the BBL Show, the place for all British Basketball League-related news. I am Jay Marrett. He is Drew Lasker. What a week of BBL action, my friend. Woo! And what a Sunday. I mean, I spent my whole Sunday starting off watching London, Manchester, and then Cheshire, Newcastle ate up about four hours of my life. What a game, man. Unreal game. Unreal game. Like, yeah, it was good to for the Newcastle Eagles fans. What a weekend for the Eagles! Obviously, starting off with the win against London on Sky, and then backing that up with a tough, gritty win against Cheshire. I think it's fair to say that that's the first time we can say that that this weekend is the real Newcastle Eagles. Yeah, panic over. So there we go. We're fine. Okay, this week we deep dive with GB interim men's head coach Mark Stutel. After another successful qualifier, you know the rest. Starting with your social media spy, it's the Marriott Minute. Okay, it was Mr. Lasker's choice to leave out last year's MVP and runner-up for the ones to watch recently. They have answered that call with General Gino Crandell taking Player of the Month and Ramon Fletcher showing everyone why he is made for the bright lights with a 25 points and 17 assist performance in a win over the formidable London Lions. Back at you, Mr. Lasker. Talking of numbers, well done to Coach Paul James. Difficult season, but up to 800 BBL League games. And then Dirk Flight Williams joins the 1800 League Points Club. Congratulations to the London Lions women's team for qualifying for the playoffs of the Euro Cup. They have performed so well, so fully deserve their place, albeit having to wait to the very last second to know if they were in. So fantastic feeling for them. Glasgow Rocks big man Ali Fraser spoke to the league, expressing his desire to win a league title with the Rocks, talking about nearly gate when the season was cancelled and how he would like to take that next step. And I finish with the big words from the big man, Ant Rowe, in his recent column for British Basketball Focus. Fitting that we say this, Mark Stutel for Prime Minister. Carried away or has a point? You guys figure it out. And that's this week's Marriott Minute. And what an ending to the minute, my man. Very <laughs> fitting as we have Mark Stutel as our guest today. And you know what, guys? I'll come from out of the weeds. It was me, yes, that decided the watch list, even though Jay put me in some awkward situations, <laughs> but it's all good. I'll take the bullet for it. You know why? Because I know what I'm doing. I'm trying to wake up the lions of the BBL and General Gino <laughs> and Ramon Fletcher. And what happened? Yeah, Gino just scooped up the player of the month. And then Fletcher looked like Ramon Fletcher this weekend, having one hell of a weekend, along with two dubs for Newcastle. So, yeah. By the way, it wasn't an MVP. It was just a watch. You know what I mean? So, golly, you know, these people, they, they overreact. But it's all good. But speaking of... 
It's time for Hot Takes. I'm going to just jump in with two point guards, one for the London Lions, one for the Leicester Riders, and ask you, Jay, who would you rather start a franchise with? And just for background information, and before anybody says, well, why isn't Fletcher in there? Because we're going with youth, because both of these guys are 24 years old. So, Jay, over to you. Man, tough question for sure, because like seeing Reese as well this year, like he is tough. But for me, like there, there's going to be a little bit of bias. You know, I presented a show with the general himself, and we talk about this all the time on and off the show that the most important thing is culture, right? That That is the most important buy-in. That is the success and blueprint of Newcastle Eagles. That's the success and blueprint of the Leicester Riders. So for me, I would be taking the general because as well this season, I've taken him, I've seen him take another step in his journey. So like you said, he's being a little less flashy. And I do agree with you. I think he will struggle to retain that MVP on the basis that I think he's going for trophies, not individual accolades. Not that I felt that he was doing that last year, but they would have felt one trophy is not enough if you're a Leicester rider. And he's coming in here and he's running that team. And you never really get the plaudits for running that team. You know, like you have to completely take over. So for me, I'm taking the general all day long. He's my boy. We've shared some pizza together. When you ghosted on me for, you know, for the finals of all things. Sorry. And yeah, how inconvenient. So yeah, for me, general. Yeah, good choice. Very tough question, putting you under the gun. But I'd have to go with you just because Gino is taking his game to another level. And Karen said it at the top of the show this Friday that you almost forget about him. And he goes off and quietly wins player of the month, just being really efficient without all the flash. And by the way, Leicester Riders are undefeated in the championship and are in the cup semifinals. So getting the job done and I'm starting to see some little cracks from Reese, you know, just from being young and inexperienced in the BBL Obviously, he picked up that technical with Darius Defoe on Friday night. And then I watched him tonight against Manchester, picked up three fouls in the first half. You know, coach put him back in with two. You know, he gets matched up against Dan Clark. Instead of just having his two hands high and moving out the way, he goes and tries to block him, and it's an easy foul. So, you know, just little stuff like that, that right now I'd have to give Gino the edge. But, I mean, if you close your eyes and pick one, you can't go wrong. Two great players representing our league but moving on to another point guard that obviously wasn't in the previous conversation but he needs to be talked about because there have been talked about his play so far this year just struggling a little bit with the shot shooting about 13 14 percent from three before Friday night but all of a sudden he woke up and finished this weekend with 46 points 13 rebounds 30 assists Five steals and two blocks. And by the way, 87 minutes. Ramon Fletcher looking like number 44. Fletch, just give me your thoughts on his play this weekend. Yeah, I think it's interesting like because people have just kind of gone quiet on him almost like they forgot who he is. And, um, you know, it may, it's maybe taken a little bit longer than we expected, but we knew this weekend was going to come. 
And, um, you know, I didn't necessarily expect it against this London Lions team. I thought it was still just a little bit too early. I still feel like they're trying to find their feet with Peel. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's the same two players again. You know, Fletch and Defoe step up and take yes. the game to an old foe. But wow, man. You know, the, 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 the wow factor there is I, I've seen all those numbers before. But the thing that astounds me every single time is 87 minutes. You know, the, the, the guy is an Iron Man. And when you watch him play, he does not look like he misses a beat. And as he's getting older, he probably had it a little bit better last year because he could give it to Cortez and get his rests in, in some of those offensive moments. Uh, you know, this year, you know, he, he's got to rebuild that with other players. But 87 minutes, man, like, yeah, just unreal. Yeah, unbelievable performance. And this is all speculation by me, but he comes into the country three days before the season starts. And I'm just thinking now at the age of 33, he's thinking, and I said this all year long, that this needs to be a year that the young guys take over. They win those games against the Surreys, the Plymouths, the Cheshires. And you save Fletch for the big games, the London Lions, the Leicester Riders. And maybe even he was thinking that. And so a slow start off to the season. And he heard the chatter on the Sky comms about his play. He saw the graphic. He see the social media talk where his name isn't mentioned like it normally is. And even though Fletch doesn't care about any of that stuff, he's a prideful guy when it comes to his play. So, you know, I believe that he was motivated, especially Friday night to be able to right a wrong on Sky Sports on, on national television because he didn't have his best game against the Leicester Riders four weeks ago. And I think he realized that in order for the Eagles to be successful, it has to be the old Fletch, which is unfortunate. It really is unfortunate because this is my worry. I've, I've said this all year long is 87 minutes in two games. If he plays 80, 84 minutes, they probably lose both of those games, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, at this point in his career, to have to be able to pretty much produce these numbers and minutes in order just to get a win in, in December is worrisome for me. So I would like to see some of those younger, fresher legs on the Newcastle Eagles step up and take some of that pressure off so you can save him for those big games that's coming up on that schedule. But he recognizes it. He kind of sat back at the beginning of the year, and now he knows that in order to be successful, he's, he's going to have to pull the strings, and, and he answered the bell. So shout out to Mr. 44, Ramon Fletcher. But we move on from hot topics to will we put that little pressure on you, Jay, and buy or sell? <laughs> So, first question in buy or sell. We got the Surrey Scorchers and the Plymouth City Patriots, both sitting at 0-5. And, and so far this year, you and I have been pretty adamant that Plymouth will finish bottom. But now I'm starting to watch Surrey. It's fair to say that right now, Plymouth looks more competitive than they do. And obviously, Surrey is dealing with a lot of injuries, in particular to their Americans. But this is professional sports, right? You know, no one cares about excuses. They just want results. So my question to you, Jay, is who is more likely to win first? I'll run off Plymouth's schedule. Next four games, they have the Sheffield Sharks, Cheshire Phoenix, Leicester Riders, 
Bristol Flyers. Surrey has the Rocks, the Riders, the Lions, and also the Flyers. So are you buying or selling that Plymouth will pick up the first victory before the Surrey Scorchers? Man, I think just like on just the good old-fashioned eye test, I think you have to pick Plymouth right now because I think it was Kieran that tweeted out that just the very basis of your team has got to be defense, you know, and he really worries what he's seeing there in Surrey. There just doesn't seem to be that base there, that platform. Whereas if you look at Plymouth, you know, they're, they're chippy, they're competitive, they're, they're getting better all the time. Would you blame Coach James if it takes him just a little while to hit his stride in terms of coaching? You know, he's gone from like looking like a contender and rumors about possibly going into Europe. And, and now he's sat here having to coach some 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 British guys that are, that some of them are getting opportunities that have either passed them or they've come a little bit earlier than than expected for them and trying to piece this team together so I, I think Plymouth are getting better and I think if you look at the schedule for me for both teams there Cheshire maybe are on a little bit of a roller coaster you see them just you know play unreal tonight against Newcastle but then also you've seen them be poor in spells but I don't see them slipping up to a, a Plymouth team. It's got to be the Flyers game that Plymouth could get just off the basis of that the, it's a derby, right? And, and the, in any sport, anything can happen in a derby. But Bristol put them away like with a nice calm 20 this weekend. So, you know, pretty tough. But yeah, Plymouth just look like they've got the foundations at least of trying to compete for a win. Surrey sadly looks some way off it once again and it looks like they're slipping into, you know, what is this, the third season of potential to bust, you know? It's sad to watch because, you know, I, I really like Coach Creon and he works his butt off, but it's just not working down there. So Plymouth, bye. Yeah, I, I, we're on the exact same page with this one and that's the game that I targeted for Plymouth the Bristol game because it's at the pavilions and I totally agree with you I mean I said it earlier we had a buy a sell early in the year where it was where I asked you if Plymouth will win more or less than five games and you picked more and I picked less but they're gonna win a couple of games sooner or later just because of the fight right contrary to the Surrey Scorchers and that's the difference right now is that when you have a depleted team, and I saw, you know, yeah, Kieran did mention that on the socials, and I can't remember who was defending Surrey by saying that they were depleted, but when you have a depleted team, the one thing that's pretty constant is that, you know, you bring it in that huddle right before the game, and you know that it's probably going to be an L, and what you say in that huddle or who the leader says, hey, let's just go out and compete and play hard. We ain't got nothing to lose tonight. And I watched Surrey on Saturday, and they just didn't compete. They didn't play hard. Like, you know, I'm watching a game to try to, you know, to prepare for next week's Sky game in the Rocks, and there was nothing to gain at all because all the Rocks did was run in transition and score layups. Surrey did an awful job of just getting back in transition, and I even tweeted, halftime speech, get back in transition. Just play hard. You know, and that was the disappointing thing for me. And, and I just was, after the game, I was just thinking about Korean because like I've said many times on the show, a friend of mine, I just feel so bad for him because at the end of the day, that's not X's and O's. That is just, that's 
players. That's a that's a typical players type of a players meeting you organize a players only meeting after a performance like that because it's not about the wins and losses. It's about the way you carry yourself. It's about the intent. And it just looked really bad in front of which looked like a near capacity crowd there in Surrey. So, you know, disappointing for those fans. But, you know, Surrey, come on. Come on. I've said this many times on the show. Just play hard and let the chips fall where they may. But you got to compete. But moving on to this talk all year has been about the London Lions waving a flag in Europe. I even take a trip down south to visit with Coach Vince in a one-on-one interview. And they're getting all the attention. And you just see Rob and the Leicester Riders just chugging along at 5-0. and Suddenly, number one, top in the league, semifinals on the horizon, and just business as usual. So I'm coming at you. Will Leicester win the league this year? I'm completely buying it. I am completely buying it. I've seen enough this weekend, and it's not to downplay it. Newcastle were phenomenal. What a game that was against London Lions. Absolutely just two teams going at it. But you see there that Lions are going to drop a couple of games. They're going to drop a couple of games because of some focus issues. They're going to drop a couple of games because they're going to come across a duo like a Fletch and a Defoe, and they're going to drop some games because they're going to be in Europe, and then they're going to have to fly in and get themselves up for a game in the BBL. So absolutely, Rob is like, old school veteran move right now he's just staying under the radar doesn't not bothered you know he's just usual interviews just keeping things nice and quiet Gino's acclimating everybody into to what they need to do I think they understood when they ran out of gas in the playoffs they understood why I think that they needed more pieces to do more so they're 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 trying to do that with their group you know especially when you look Many people would think about the Kimball edition already having Washington, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, you can't trust that, that Gino's going to stay healthy the whole year and you don't want that one piece to cost you. So I think that they've done a good to, to wrap that kind of situation up into cotton wool. They've, they've replaced their role pieces with another set of really good role pieces. So, yeah, I'm buying that they're, they're going to win the league. And I, and I just think Europe is going to be just a step too far for the Lions to be able to compete. Now, other cup games and stuff like that, yes, I expect them to maybe get the playoffs when they can focus a little bit more, one of those cups. But I think Leicester are going to win the league. Wow. That's a big-time take right there, my friend. And you know they're going to be coming at you on those socials. But good I reasons, though. Good reasons. Page. Yeah, I think I'm on the same page. You look at the Leicester Riders, and without Geno's flash, it's not sexy at all. It's just strap up your boots, put your overalls on, rake in hand, and just get it done. You got to have a lot of respect for this franchise year after year after year. And I think it's fair to say that this is a two-horse race for the league. We see Manchester. Tonight was a big test for Manchester, and I was really interested to see if, okay, will they be a contender for the league and obviously lost by 20-plus. Then the Rocks was a valid question. They get blitzed by 30 by Leicester. And so it's a two-horse race. And Newcastle has a game coming up with Leicester at Leicester next Friday. If the Eagles lose that game, the title contention is over. You lost to Leicester twice. They're sitting there undefeated, and you have three losses. So right now you got to roll with those two teams. And I think for the exact 
reasons you mentioned with London, it's just too much on their plate right now. This schedule that they have coming up is brutal. They're about to go to Russia Wednesday, 16-hour trip. And then next week they go to Turkey and then come back and play British Basketball League games. So, you know, I think I could almost, if they don't win the league this year, I think I could, there's a valid excuse for London. Last year there wasn't no excuse, right? It was just, it was a mess. And so we weren't giving them any slack here on the show. But I think this year by progressing to the next round of the Euro Cup, Nile, there you go, that there's valid excuses for them not to win the league. However, when the big game's on the horizon, I expect them to get through to the finals of the Cup. That would be disappointing, regardless of the schedule. The trophy, even though they got to go through hell to get there, that would be disappointing in the playoffs because I expect this team to lock in with the big games. And I just think that by the time they're able to focus on the BBL, they might be two or three games behind. And it's just hard to see Leicester slipping on a banana skin. So, yeah, good call, man. But uh, it'd be interesting to see. Let's see what everybody's got to say out there for sure. But anyway, moving on. It's time for the BBL Show Player of the Week. Let's get our player of the week. We have an eagle sandwich between two rocks this week. So, Ramon Fletcher reminding us exactly why he led the league in scoring and assists last year and reminding us that the Eagles are still around and still very much dangerous. Ramon Fletcher put 25 points Four rebounds, 17 assists for a 38 mm. index, an impressive win over the London Lions. But then two rocks came to play, bouncing back from a pretty bad loss against the Riders to then come out JC Hillsman. We've had him here on the show, coming out with 33 points, eight rebounds, five assists for a 40 index, showing exactly what he can do. But Jordan Johnson coming just as good with a 32, 10, and 9 for a 39 index. Coach Murray, you couldn't call up that play, just getting that one more assist for the triple-double. But I know Mr. Lasker will not approve. I've seen him tweeting. He doesn't like that kind of stuff. He doesn't like stat padding. But one off a triple-double. Well done, Jordan Johnson. You know what to do. Make sure you get your votes in on the Monday, on the Twitter Bounce in there or on the Instagram by giving your favorite emojis. That's this week's Player of the Week. Yeah, and, you know, this is a fans competition, but I think it's fair to say that this should be a layup, right? I mean, (laughs) and I'm just going to leave it there as we move (laughs) on to the Lasker Look Back. In this episode of the Lasker Look Back, How about we give a round of applause? Take a bow, Mr. Mark Stoodle, interim coach of Team Great Britain. With some solid wins on the resume many moons ago, it was a big goal Mark set for himself, only to actually go and accomplish it. How proud he should be, and how proud we should be at someone in a very difficult circumstance goes out and delivers wins on the biggest stage. But believe you me, it's not a fluke, as Mark has seen success on every level he's coached. His coaching career began as player coach 
at Northumbria University in 2011, where he concurrently held the title as coach of Tymet College. Since then, he's won numerous Bucks titles, Division I championships, National Cups, playoffs, along with Division I and II Coach of the Year. So a man that has earned this opportunity to test himself at the highest level as acting head coach. I think it's fair to say the British community gives him an A thus far into his role. And that is your Alaska Look Back. Man, great look back as always, Mr. Alaska. Let's move on. Let's get Mr. GB. And in some people's eyes, some people by, I mean, Tony Rowe, Prime Minister, mm. Coach Mark Studio. Coach, welcome to the show. I know it's late for you on a Sunday night, so we appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Coach, excited to have you on. I know you mentioned before that you're a fan of the show, so it's a pleasure to get you in the room. But before we go into the interview, I'm going to put you right on the hot seat, let the fans get to know you a little bit more. So we got a 10 rapid-fire questions for you. I don't want you to overthink it. I know you're a coach and you like to analyze it, but this is quick, fast, in a hurry. Kicking off by, what's your favorite shoe to coach in? Um... Plain white trainers. Don't care about brand. Plain white trainers. Love that. So uncomplicated. It's perfect. Okay. Favorite shoe for off the court, though. Little different. Plain white trainers. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I've got. <laughs> I literally. Yeah. I've, I've got. That's kind of my girlfriend. She. She. Uh, she takes the mick out of me a little bit because I've just got a closet full of plain white trainers. So yeah. Hey, well, if you want to get the GB coach anything for Christmas, then hey, you know what to get them. <laughs> Next one, favorite athlete all time. Oh, I'm LeBron. I'm LeBron through and through. Ooh. Like I just, Ooh. yeah. This I'm, is any I'm, sport, by the way, it doesn't have to be basketball. Yeah, Stephen Gerrard would have been a close second. Stephen Gerrard would have been a close second, but I, I'm I'm LeBron through and through. I think longevity. Uh, how how um, impeccable his career has been on and off the floor. He's a role model. His is the level that he's performed at for that time. I, I'm I'm LeBron through and through. And anybody's a hater on LeBron, don't 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 speak to me. Like I, I'm I'm LeBron <laughs> yes. through and through. Love that. All right. Favorite meal. Favorite meal. Uh, I gotta go Sunday dinner. Sunday dinner. Ooh, Ooh good roast. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Lamb. Lamb to be specific. Okay. Mint sauce or okay. no mint sauce? No question, Jay. Mint sauce. No question. Oh, yeah. No, no, no question. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite movie genre? Are you like an action guy? Are you a, you know, a notebook type of guy? What's Ooh, your favorite movie? Nicholas genre? Sparks. You're putting me on the spot now. You know, you know what? <laughs> I go through different phases and I'm conscious saying this. I've been watching a lot of rom-coms recently, you know? Like, I've been yes, watching right. a lot of... Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with yeah. that. Ain't nothing wrong I mean, with that. I watch a lot of rom-coms, but yeah, any anything really. I like anything that will allow me to switch off for a few hours. But yeah, I, I like action, crime. But yeah, I've been watching a lot of rom-coms. Yeah. <laughs> so you weren't far off the mark with a bit of Nicholas Sparks. Okay. Favorite, <laughs> f- favorite actor or actress? Actor, I'm going... I like Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell's like uh, I watch I watch Hilarious. his stuff over and over, and I love any of the stuff that he does with Mark Wahlberg, the the stepdad one, whatever it was called, the other guys, all that stuff. So yeah, I'm going Will Ferrell. Favorite musician? Uh, at the minute, I've been listening. I'd say one of two, either Mac Miller or Oasis. Yeah, Mac Miller, Oasis. 
either one of those two. Nice, good choice. Okay, very fitting. Favorite holiday movie or song? So I'm giving you either way out here, whatever you want. Holiday movie? Yeah. Oh, as in a movie that I'm watching on holiday or as in we're in the no, holiday? as in we're, we're in the festive period right now. Sorry. Christmas movie. Come sorry, on, come on, sorry. Man. Yeah, sorry, mate. It is late. I'll elf you, on sorry. a shelf, mate. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I've got, he's looking at the elf <laughs> on the shelf. I've got to sort him out. Um, I'm going Home Alone. It was either Home Alone or The Grinch, but Home, home Alone's just Christmas, right? I'm going Home Alone. But if Why? it was a song, I'm going uh, The Pogues, Fairy Tale of New York. Yes, great choice. Yeah. Nice. Favorite travel destination? Spain. Yeah, Spain. I, I, I love Spain. But like not like a now, like now, quiet. Now we got to be specific. Now is this like a a young Mark Ibiza type of Spain? <laughs> no, or is this no, like no. A... <laughs> this is a this is a switch off from life. There's a place called Tossa de Mar in the Costa Brava, which is like a little mm. like little local place. It's quite. I shouldn't have said it because people will be going there now because it's it's kind of <laughs> uh, it's off. It's it's not a popular destination for Brits, and I think that's probably why I like it. So yeah, Tossa de Mar. Awesome. Nice. Well, I took a few notes there, mate. So if you see me walking along in my sandals, all right, just spare me a coffee. <laughs> um, <laughs> la- last, last question for you, all right? We like to, to, to share the abuse around here. Plug your social medias. Where, where can we find you? What, what's the place that you're, you're deep diving? Uh, only Twitter. Only Twitter, really. I'm not on, I'm not on anything else. Um, so it's Stootle 10 at Twitter, I think. So I like, I like Twitter more of as a as a resource i understand social media in the day and age that we're in but yeah i, can't, I haven't got too much time with with the plates that's been in my life so so twitter mainly you heard it guys get get stop giving me grief for five minutes get on those stoots all right there you go <laughs> <We're on>. <laughs> <laughs> so many don't know that you used to be a player so we're really reaching back to start off with you went to high school in the states just give us a, 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 a little bit of a flavor of that because many of you know, many people know you as a coach. Yeah, I was, I was, I was okay as a player. You know, I kind of, um, uh, I probably played at the level that I was supposed to. I think it would be, it would be a fair kind of analogy. You know, I kind of played uh, Division One in the UK for a while. Um, and like I said, I spent a bit of time in high school in America, which was just an incredible uh, life experience. Um, I was fortunate that I played for a range of different coaches um, who who I probably all tried, you know, in hindsight, not at the time, but looking back on it now, I've probably taken a little bit from each of those coaches. Um, but yeah, I, I loved I loved playing. I essentially stopped uh, because uh, the opportunity to to coach Northumbria uh, came up and it was either, I was playing the year before. Um, I was playing for Greg uh, Modzaleski and he, he, um, he, he kind of uh, left his position and Paul Blake at the Eagles had asked me to kind of play and coach at the end of the year, which is just the worst thing ever. Makes me respect someone like Fab even more than I did. It's, you know, I was doing that in Division Two, you know, with a, you know, sellout gyms of 23 people and a dog watching the games. And I, 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 I couldn't do it. I stopped playing for those last six games. I, I just I couldn't do it. Um, and then it was a choice between playing and coaching. So I kind of went down that went down that road. But I, I enjoyed playing. I thought I was relatively smart as a player, could shoot the ball a little bit. Um, but I just I, I loved I loved kind of being on the floor with four of the guys and, and competing, you know, that kind of that sense of togetherness, of camaraderie, you know, common goal, common purpose, that type of stuff. So but yeah, I I I, I you know been basketball through and through from a young age. 
when was the first moment that you decided that, you know what, I think I want to be a, a basketball coach someday? I had a, um, I played for a guy, Jimmy McGinn, in Ellesmere Port, who, uh, Jim, Jimmy had a lot of players uh, come through a, in a short space of time. There's a guy, John Simpson, who played around the BBL for a little bit, Cheshire and Newcastle, and um, uh, the Leadham sisters. Um, so I, I played for Jimmy and Ellesmere Port, and, and then I was at East Durham, which was like the National Basketball Academy at the time. And I used to go home um, in, in like the, the holiday breaks. And Jimmy always used to get me back in and look after me and, you know, do a little bit of coaching with kind of the, the, the youth, the kids. And it was just probably glorified babysitting and being honest with you. But I just, I loved it. You know, I loved, I loved kind of seeing the light bulb moment on a, on a young person's face. Um, and yeah, I just, the, the second I, I graduated, I, I went straight into a job uh, full time with the, with the Eagles. Um, an academy job came up. So it just, you know, it, it probably just happened each step of the uh, of the way, and every step I I kind of progressed. I just enjoyed it more and more. You know, so I wouldn't. I, I definitely didn't sit there at you know twenty twenty one and say I want to be a coach. Uh, probably like most of us, you know, we we were involved in the game, you know, playing or, or whatnot, and then I just kind of fell into it. But so fortunate, you know, so fortunate to 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 yeah to coach and to work with as many people as I have and. Um, I think I, I love I love it probably outside of outside of the basketball when you you know you have relationships with people and you see where they're at in their lives and all that type of stuff I think so yeah yeah very fortunate mate but definitely what kind of fell into it more than anything else I love that and look we're jumping ahead a little bit because obviously there's so much more to it with the pathway and everything else like that when it comes to Team GB but you know just give us your feelings when they confirmed you as the head coach for Team GB, February 10th, 2020. What was that feeling like for you? You, you obviously knew way before everybody else did. So what, what was the kind of feelings before all the, the congratulations and the, the fora came forward to you? A little bit nervous, to be honest, Jay. You know, I think I think was was the, the uh, you know, I'm nothing but honest. Sometimes probably too honest to my own detriment at times. But I... I um, I was proud, you know, you're really proud. Um, I kind of looked at looked at the challenge um, and um, probably didn't reflect so much because it was such a short space before the window was happening. Um, so I kind of went into, um, I guess, what can I control between now and the window happening and then getting into the window, um, which was essentially kind of communicating with the players, you know, tr trying to, outline how I think we can be successful in those times so it was a proud moment I think it kind of hit me when the national anthem was playing the first time and you know I feel a lump in the back of my throat and um it's it it, it was kind of a crazy circumstance and it, you know in terms of um how we've done it and you know to act in or interim whatever the title is um but it, it probably proud I remember I was talking with um uh, Sam Sam at Hoops Fix did a like an article many, many years ago and he asked me kind of what my long-term goal would be and he sent it to me, uh, I spoke about it a while ago and, you know, I'd kind of said, I want, you know, the goal is to be the head coach of your country, you know, at some point. And, um, yeah, so I know how privileged I am and I know how many people in the country, you know, love Great Britain and want to be a part of the pathway. So I, I know how fortunate I am um, and the emotions are, are, are probably indescribable, you know. So when I find out about it, I was excited, excited, uh, probably nervous, anxious, uh, hungry, you know, probably all of those things all rolled into one. And then, yeah, the window was probably, you know, seven, eight days away. So it was just kind of getting into getting into action to try and get prepared as best as we can. 
Yeah, and I got an opportunity to watch you in action against Germany. And, you know, whatever the title is, if it's acting as head coach, interim, I always find those situations very tricky because I look at it as like the substitute teacher role where obviously when the teacher goes and you got the sub in, then guys uh, or, or students don't take it that seriously. But I was really interested in how much they would buy into you acting as head coach. And for me, from the outside looking in, it looked like they was they were bought in. How did you get those guys to buy into you? I think I, I'm fortunate genuinely where there's a, there's a you know, a core of guys um, who put playing for the national team above everything else. So I think that when you get into that environment, um, you, you know, everyone's there for a common goal. And I, I, I'm quite vocal about it. And I, I ask questions with, you know, team meetings, practice sessions. Look, what does it mean to you? Why are you here? And, you know, one of the most common responses is because it's pure and there's no ego, there's no, there's no um, ulterior motive. It's about winning for the for the national team. So I just tried to um, reiterate that message, and, and I still try and reiterate that message as much as we can. Um, I think it's I don't know if it's about buying into me or, or more so buying into the program. And I think the program is bigger than than any any one of us coaches, staff, players. Um, and I think it's trying to be. Um, authentic not trying to be being authentic because I am authentic you know I, I don't try and be anything that I'm not to try and be as honest as I can be uh, and and hopefully um, outline what our goals are and try and keep everybody aligned to achieving those goals um, and, and achieving that common purpose so again I'm I am absolutely privileged where a lot of the players are experienced in that in that environment and 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 they're very um they're very hungry and proud and, you know, to be successful for the national team. So I think it, it, we've done it collectively. I definitely don't think it's been a, it's been a me thing. I think we've, we've absolutely done it collectively and I've leaned on the players, no no doubt. Uh, I hope I've been able to offer some some guidance and support in the right direction. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been a um, a collective kind of responsibility to get that buy-in that, that we're proud of and, and you know, hopefully people are recognising now and seeing how we are, how we're all kind of moving in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I, I love a few of those things that you mentioned in there. A few points that I'm picking out is like th things like controllables. You know, I love to talk about that in when you're coaching at any any kind of level is that you kind of accepted the situation you're in, take it for where it is, and then maybe some down to some some way down the line you can take a deep breath, and then also like you said, not being afraid to give that leadership group you know the keys in some respects and say, look, I, I don't know everything. You know, take take the reins here. I think just the overwhelming factor of just how everybody wants you to be the head coach and and that's you know so easy for us all to say like I've said it many many times like give him the job and everything else like that but let's talk about Nate Rankin in the background and give us a little bit of a feeling for his involvement behind the scenes you know because like you said nobody is there behind the scenes seeing one what the problems are two how the relationship for you two guys are and three, obviously, you know, he's brought you on board and put you in position and, and, and everybody's trusted you in that situation. So what does Nate mean to the team and it, what, what's his role still moving forward, do you feel? Yeah, and I'm glad you've asked the question, Jay. You know, obviously, I'm, I'm aware of, 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 you know, a lot of people reach out and, and send positive messages to me personally. And, and I feel, I don't know the right word, it's precarious about it. You know, I'm not doing anything that I haven't been asked to do. 
Nobody has said to me, can you please be the acting or head coach? And if this is the record in that period, it with a view to be the head coach. Nate is our head coach. Nate has been appointed the head coach of the programme. He's earned that position. You know, Nate has been a servant of, of GB as a player, as an assistant coach under Coach Prunty. Nate came into us in August 2019 as the head coach. I, you know, I was able to stay in my role as an assistant and still work with Nate. And, and you know, it was a really positive summer window due to the, the, the obviously, the, the, the fever conditions. Um, Nate's not able to over, you know, first of all, there was COVID, G League schedule, etc. So we're trying to find a way for us to be successful. So the, the brief or the assignment that I've had is window to window. If Nate isn't available, can I lead the window? And that's what no one's had the arm behind my back saying, you know, I, that's, I, I, I was acutely aware of, look, if this, if this, you know, if we lose some games and, you know, I, I was aware of, of the situation I was putting myself into and, you know, if we didn't have some of the positive momentum that we've had, how that, you know, probably could impact me personally and my role within the team. Um, so I, I, I've, I haven't done anything that, that hasn't been asked of me and everyone's been really clear on that. Nate, I, I communicate with Nate frequently. Nate and I discuss everything you would expect, whether Nate's in the window or not, in terms of players' opposition, uh, how to play, how we could be successful, tactical approach. So, uh, But Nate's also really good with me where he doesn't kind of micromanage. And when we get to the windows and we're in agreement on you know how we want to play, how we want to be successful. What are our strengths? He kind of allows me to 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 you know progress with the windows because they're so intense and so accelerated. So he kind of I, I do a, you know really appreciate his trust in those situations. And you know Nate Nate's always in touch. The players you know love and respect Nate as well. You know and he he's played with some of these guys. He's coached these guys. He, he's coaching in the NBA. You, you know I think we have to. We have to understand kind of the, the, the level that he's at. So, yeah, the situation is at, at times with me, I probably have a little bit, you know, to Drew's point before about the like the substitute teacher. At, you know, I think that was a good analogy, you know, and I probably have a little bit of that imposter syndrome at times. You, you know, I do. And, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm comfortable in this forum to say that, you know, I think anybody in any walk of life in a leadership position probably has that. I was listening to Adele. You know, I know it's crazy. Like as a singer, she she was talking about it the other day. You know, in terms of she's a, she's a world superstar in that sense. So, yeah, I think I think that we've we've found a way um, for us to be effective with what with, with the challenges that the windows pose. Uh, and there are challenges. Absolutely, there are challenges, and we absolutely want to continue to improve our program holistically. But yeah, I, I'm whilst whilst the support for the team is amazing, and support for me personally is also. You know, positive. I, I'm not doing anything that I haven't been asked to do, Jay. I've been asked to, to, to you know, and and I love my country. I love the national team. I'd be there carrying the bags if that was my role. You, you know, I'd do anything that was needed, you know. That's incredible perspective for our listeners. And we were just actually talking about this last week on the show. When is the last time has Nate been in the flesh of, around the team? Because I just assumed last week, and I said it was probably two years, but could you give us some perspective on the last time physically he's been around the team? Nate led the window in August 2019, which was the last, it was like the last round of, we, because we, we lost in November 2018 to Austria. We dropped into the lowest round of qualification. We were in a group with Kosovo and Luxembourg. Nate was actually in the country on holiday, uh, vacating, you know, his, his wife is Sheffield based, I believe. So they were in the holiday 
uh, in the country on holiday, and next thing you know, he's getting strong armed into into leading the leading the country. So it was August 2019, and then the the next window for the Eurobasket was February 2020, which was the the Newcastle window with uh, Montenegro and Germany. Wow. Well, for our listeners out there, and I mentioned it in Alaska, look back, you're currently the head coach of Teesside Lions, which is Division Three. And you and I, we kind of talked about this over, over, over text, but just share the challenge of balancing because it's an incredible level. Obviously, you're coaching the best players in the country, and then your day job is obviously coaching Division Three. Just talk about the challenges because obviously as a coach, you, you want to coach at the highest level of how do you balance those two levels because it's they're pretty much at two opposite ends of the spectrum i don't know if i do it well i don't know if i do it well drew i don't um i well we had a game today and uh you know we won but the performance was 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 not what i expect and then i'm asking myself about expectations you know so i'm fortunate with the t-side group where i would say 78 percent of the group i've had i had at either time met academy or i had at northumbria so I have kind of relationships with them and it, it, it's nice to see that. And the guys that I didn't have relationships with have been really positive um, so far. So it, it, it's it's absolutely different. There's no, there's no, I mean, scouting is, I've proud, you know, I've tried to pride myself on preparation and scouting since I've been a basketball coach and I can't do it because I can't access film on anybody. So I'm going into games like blind and it's just something that I'm, you know, we're trying to figure it out. So, of course, the level's different, and and I've said this to my guys, and I've said this to everybody with Teesside, and I'm not being disrespectful. I, I I don't particularly want to be coaching at that level. It was a you know a, it's a project, an opportunity that was presented, and the club's ambitious and they want to progress and they want to um, they want to move through. But it's a it's a process and it takes time to do that. So yeah, it's it, it is a challenge. Absolutely, it's a challenge. But it's one that, again, you know, I've kind of um, weighed up everything in my life, where I'm at in my life. My son being based in the northeast of England, an opportunity to, an opportunity to coach and stay local to my son, um, and, and and hopefully help us help us progress and, you know, see whether we can make Teesside uh, a program that, that we're proud of as we progress through the leagues. But it it is a challenge, Drew, and I, you know, I, I think I've done my Boris Johnson answer and skirted around it, and I haven't answered it. Probably because I, I don't. I still. I still don't know if I'm being honest with you. You know, ask me at the end of the year how how, how we're doing. Because at the minute, I don't know whether I don't know whether I'm getting it right or not. If I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, I I love that. I fully appreciate. You know, I've got so much respect for that at the moment. You know, kind of in a similar role in in taking this new role and trying to build a franchise and then somehow end up coaching as well and things like that. And you sometimes do ask yourself that question: Are you getting that balancing act quite right? You've obviously, you know, I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you about uh, offers, you know, but you've you've obviously had offers there that haven't quite ticked the box yet. For you, what's next? In, a, in an ideal world, what is something that would get you moving into the next stage? You know, so hopefully, let you know, let's just say like around the Team GB stuff, that's going to progress, whatever that looks like. Like you said, it's disrespectful to talk about somebody else's job. It's Nate Rankin's job. Like you said, you you were on charge of looking for looking after the window if it's not there. But what's next for you or, or what would you like to do next in terms of something that would move the needle for you? Yeah, I, I have that itch, Jay. I have, I have that itch that, that I feel like it, it's something that if I look back on as I'm getting to the, you know, the later years in my life and, and, and I hadn't had the opportunity consistently to test myself at, at, at the highest level um, and, and the GB stuff, I get to do that. But, you know, in terms of professionally, you know, week to week with a club, I'd probably be disappointed, I think. Like you say that you know 
there have been some opportunities, but it, it, it hasn't been it hasn't been um, right on on a personal front. Is 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 what's is what's made me kind of make some decisions. Um, and you, you know, I rest easy at night knowing that I've made those decisions personally. So would I, would I like a professional opportunity um, to be able to? to compete you know I watch we're on the BBL show you know I watch the BBL I, I feel like I'm really in tune with it you know I watch all the GB guys where they're playing you know in the country outside of the country but I have friends coaches in the league who you know so I watch all the games I stay in tune with it uh, I think that the, the league is moving in the right direction it's a league that you know hopefully Britain is proud of you know and I, I'm proud to you know look at people who are in the league players coaches doing well would I like an opportunity that is, it, it's right holistically for me? Yeah, yes, I would. It, when and where and how, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what that looks like. So I've said it a few times and we alluded to it there. I'm just in my mind at the minute, I'm trying to control what I can, you know, and I, I'm, I'll be doing the same advanced work for the February window for we play Belarus away and home for the next round, which is a huge window for us. So I'm kind of fully set on that window whilst managing uh, you know the season with Teesside in between that um, and if an opportunity comes up and it's the right opportunity uh, with everything that I've got going on then 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 I'd jump at it with two feet um, so I just you know hope, hopefully um, I feel like I've put in a body of work and I'm, I'm not you know the nas- without the national team stuff I'm I'm proud of what I've done with the programme that I built at Northumbria you know and, and I've always tried to develop myself basketball wise and you know, there's times I've, I've paid for myself to go to different experiences and, and learn. I've tried to underpin it with, with you know, a master's degree. I've tried to, I, 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 I'm confident as a 37-year-old British coach, I, I, I'm, I'm proud of my development and the work that I've put in. I, I've got a chip on my shoulder, you know, without sounding arrogant that I, I want to go and have that opportunity. Uh, and I feel that I, I'm ready and I'm capable and I would back myself in any situation. It just has to be right, has to be right holistically across you know my, my, my personal life as well and rightfully so coach and just finally for me and that just personally just prying a little bit obviously you're based here in newcastle your family is from here you have a, a young son here would you be open to the possibility of, of leaving the country if the situation was right yeah i don't know drew i don't yeah yeah i'd have to i'd have to have a look at it i, I don't know i don't know is the answer um like I say, I've, I've had some opportunities already and, and I felt that they weren't right at that time. So uh, my son's six and that's, the, you know, we talk about spinning plates. That's the best job that I've got. And, and I know speaking to some dads on the line, but that's, I, I learn more. I, people say this, I learn more about being a coach as a dad. I, I'm telling you, like, I don't care what anyone says. Like, <laughs> k- k- you know, I'm serious. I do people, it might sound cheesy, cliche, whatever, but I'm like, so I'm, I'm, I wouldn't compromise uh, being a being a present dad for, for anything. So I, I I don't know if, if there was an opportunity, be it in the country, outside of the country, and it was right at the right time. Then 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 yes, what that right time is is probably where I have to make the decision and and uh, and, and you know balance everything out. So um, I, I'm hopeful. I am hopeful that the right situation arises at the right time. But, but yeah, let's let's see. I love that. Well, I, I finish out with one last question and really it develops from Anthony Rowe, to be honest. So I, I do have a job for you is Ant Rowe's been championed for you to be prime minister. Can you confirm on the BBL show whether or not you would be prepared to be the first prime minister in a pair of white tennis shoes? Can we 
<laughs> I can absolutely confer. And listen, yes. we're not, I don't want to open that kind of politics worms on a Sunday <laughs> night, but yes, I can. I can. I'd be a man of the people and I absolutely can confirm that would be a job that I'd be good at. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> oh, Stand true to yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I haven't man. got a yeah. I lost lost my camera getting all excited, but that that was brilliant. Well, that that was awesome. But uh, anyway, listen from me. Thank you very much. You know, I, I think one thing that stood out right there is just just your humility. That's what I love when I'm talking yes. to you. You know, you you downplay the highs. You know, you don't get caught up in the lows. You're, you're a very humble guy, and I think that's why we all you know, wish you the best, whether that's you taking on the head coaching job of Team GB or I think Drew's trying to allude to you jumping over there with the NBA if things are going well with Nate. So, um, but th- thanks for your Sunday time, mate. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you both. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for your time, coach. Appreciate it. Good stuff. Cheers. All the best. All right. Another show in the books. Mark Stewart was fantastic. He was honest. He was humble. And it is the reason why we are all calling for him to lead Team GB in the future. Anyway, thank you so much for continuing to listen. Hopefully we keep moving the needle as we head towards Christmas. It is time for me to bring out a little top five game. But until then, enjoy your mulled wine or your hot chocolates. Drew, lead us out. Or red wine. But good (laughs) stuff, my man. What a great show. That was good, yeah. It's been a, a great couple of weeks, and guess what, guys? We're going to keep the heat coming. So we got some other stuff up our sleeve leading up to Christmas. And, again, if you have someone that you'd like us to bring on the show, add us and put it out on the, on the socials. So, obviously, we're always just trying to stay as current as possible and bring things that's going to entertain you and ask the questions that you guys want to know. So put your guests out there, and we'll do our best to bring them on. But you know where to find us. Same place, same time here on the show the show thanks for listening to the bbl show the bbl show is a 21 media original podcast produced by Corey mallory with your host jay marriott and drew lasker keep up to date with the show by following the bbl on twitter facebook and instagram where you can find details on future episodes events and fan interaction until next time